Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu, and I am joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong, who has mercifully prepared the first segment for us to talk about the NBA at large rather than just the Raptors. Don't worry, we will still get to Raptors uh, trade talk in the second half because this is just what the show is nowadays. 21 days left until the trade deadline. Um, But in the first half, let's talk about the rest of the NBA because, look, listen, as much as the Raptors have been pretty depressing, just like the weather outside and it's making you sort of reconsider what basketball in Toronto looks like. Basketball in the NBA, I think, has been really fun this season. So Yeah, we need the chance to talk about it. We need the WNBA to come here sooner rather than later. Yeah, for real. Need a winning product. I mean, yeah. I know. Um, yeah, yeah, no. I always thought, you know, because we're at around the midseason mark, mm. can catch up on the NBA. Right. You know, talk about the teams that I've watched, that I've gambled on, and... No, you know, I, I know. I, big question. First off, check out the sweater. Okay, the the, oh. the it's heat today. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's cold it's in the a, studio, but it's it's, it's heat on. Yeah, there's on been the left side. three days of sunlight this month. Honestly, it's been kind of tough. Uh, but anyways, mm. uh, before we even get to, I just prepared kind of like the biggest questions, you know, for the rest of the season. But just wanted to ask you, just like biggest themes and like takeaways when you think about this season so far and you know for me the two things is just looking at the standings there's just so much parity around the league mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the other thing to me is just the explosion and just the individual scoring right yeah like like 40s become the new 30 you know 30s a new 20 shows a hove and like i don't know like we used to we used to get really excited when a player went for 45 50 and, and it really does seem like now it's happening like on a night nightly basis yeah, no, I think those are definitely the, the top two themes for me as well in terms of um, parity across the league. Um, it was pretty apparent, like, just weeks into the season that so many teams were going to be jumbled up. And I would say the bottom end of being jumbled up is, like, where the Raptors are right now. Kind of the same thing as where the Lakers are right now, both of them at 20 and 25. You know, the Bulls in that area. And then I think even the upper end of teams jumbled up, like, you know, today open the standings and you look at, like, Sacramento is third in the Eastern and in the West right now. <laughs> they're, they're third. Sacramento is third. And they're on a five-game win streak. But, I mean, I would say, like, up to Dallas, let's say, at 24 and 22, they lost uh, last night to Atlanta. Um, but there's just so many teams. Like, it's like, I don't know, man, 15 teams in the league, essentially, in that range. There's so, 14 teams, which is half the league, basically, within five games of 500, basically, up yeah, or down. Yeah, which, to me, it's just like... Including the yeah. Raptors. That, that's yeah. where the next month is going to give a lot of clarity because I don't think after is the next it, month. Is it though? Do you think it'll give clarity? I feel like a lot of teams are still no, going to be I mean, in this space. When you're kind of in this position, like, you really got to choose a direction. Like the Raptors obviously like sure. a very, very clear example. Yeah, you gonna, have to We're going to try to not talk about the Raptors. Okay, fair. For, yeah. um, but, Use another example. Uh, you know, like the Chicago Bulls yes, are the Bulls. a clear example of that. <laughs> they are just are like the Raptors. Ahead of, uh, a team that plays professionally in Toronto <laughs> who are in Minnesota tonight. Um, but, you know, like... You have to choose that direction. Mm. I mean, obviously, the explosion in scoring is one thing. I think it just speaks to me, like, how much talent is in the league right now. Mm. I don't even think it's necessarily, like, teams not necessarily playing great defense. I think some of the rule changes obviously affect that. But just the talent in the league is at a really, really great uh, place. Um, But then the other thing, too, is just, like, part of the parity being so strong is, like, even with, like, a generational clear-cut talent like Victor Wamanyama Mm. as, you know, the main prize, but also even uh, Scoot Henderson who would probably go number one in, in most other drafts as well. Mm. There's only four teams to be that are a clear-cut tanking, mm-hmm. like um, Charlotte, Detroit, San Antonio, and Houston. Well, Houston, Char- by the way, lost listen, 12 Charlotte, Charlotte's not even tanking, man. Charlotte's just 
12 and 34 Charlotte's while Charlotte. trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. No, I can't wait for the Charlotte Hornets to end up with the ninth pick again <laughs> but, and, draft, and draft another shooting guard, by the which way, is what they do. You know, as you, as you know, I like to update uh-huh. the Raptors schedule manually into my, my spreadsheet. Right, right, right. Um, and I was updating the rest of the season yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another back-to-back against the Hornets in April Yeah. in Charlotte. Oh, so. Fantastic. So just, uh, you know, anybody making plans for the first week of January, just, uh-huh. you know, make sure you clear space for that. No, I know JR's going to set a reminder on his phone right now to start Mason Plumley for that. <laughs> <laughs> we got the world's biggest Yo, Mason Plumley fan back producing to back the against, reaction podcast. Back to back against the Hornets in the, like, the last week of the season. That could be important for tanking, I suppose. I guess. Yeah. Sure. Going to be Joe Wee's camp. But yeah, no, there's only four teams that are definitively right yes, now Yes, yes, yes. So you I said Charlotte? More, more teams will jump sure. into that mix. I think Orlando is also... Orlando's kind of like in that mix, but they're also like playing really spirited basketball each time I watch them. So plus they I have a that, lot of young talent. Like not saying yeah. that they sh- they shouldn't get in the lottery and get another sure, pick, yeah. but like yeah. I feel like compared to like Charlotte, mm-hmm. like the Orlando roster actually has a lot of guys already. Right? Yeah, with yeah. Ben Carroll, Franz. Um, how's Jalen Suggs doing? He's okay. He's balding prematurely. <laughs> Okay. These are my takeaways. I was asking sometimes how he was balling. You said how he's balding. Okay. <laughs> we stay fly. Uh, oh, oh my God. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's weird. You're right, though, because you talk about this like uh, top of the draft. Yep. And I think coming into the season, you would have expected there would be more teams that yeah, were like yeah, outright yeah, exactly. tanking. We haven't yeah. seen that. Well, I mean, I think we will see that. The trade deadline is going to be pretty determinant in terms of who jumps into that direction. Like, we saw the Raptors do that in Tampa, right? Mm. Um, and but a lot of teams are trying to win right now. Like, I even look at, like, like Minnesota, Portland, yep. Phoenix. Like, the teams that are close that, that could tank. Like, like, only Washington is kind of another team to me. Sure, yeah. Like, everyone else is trying to win. I think that's a weird... That's going to be a weird dynamic at the trade deadline, that's too. That's fair. I also do wonder, like, how much um, teams lost money during the pandemic. So there's like more of an immediate. Yeah, you love to pocket watch. No, I, love I think it's a it's a it's a, it's a key part of this, man. I'm worried about the consumer, but I'm also this worried about the producer in this case. No, I sound like Stringer Bell and macroeconomics right now. We're talking about it. The, you know, the Toronto Raptors are an inelastic product. You can't just put out a weak product and expect people to still come. No, product stepped on this year. No, um, the, the Messiah and Bobby Chutin, that's like an elastic product. Um, no, you're right though. You're right uh, though. There's a lot of teams pushing. Yeah. Like, I, I can't name more than, like, five, six teams that aren't trying to actively win. Yeah. Yeah. The scoring um, is interesting, too. I was listening to another pod, and, like, um, Bomani Jones was talking about it, too. Because everybody... How many pods do you listen to? Because, uh, you know, it's a long walk to, to OMP. Um, it's raining today. Why are you walking here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, no, I took this away. Uh, shouts to the TTC, I guess. Um, but, like, everybody's trying to, like, find an explanation for it, right? Yeah. Okay. And people were saying like, oh, it's a it's explosion because everybody's shooting threes. But when you actually look at the individual box scores of guys who have scored 40, 50, 60, they're mm-hmm. not actually hitting a lot of threes. In the yeah, games. Like, like when Pascal hit 52 in the garden, I think he had like three threes right. maybe. Like it's pure yeah, it's like, like mid-range, game. getting to the basket, free throws and stuff. I think the other thing that they pointed out I thought was interesting is like everybody on the floor now has to be a talented guy. Yeah. Like yeah. whereas like. Except for the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once again, yo, come on. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, we put um, a lot of non-shooters. Once, but like, like ten, like fifteen years ago, a Ben Wallace could be a starting center. Sure, and I guess yeah. Ben is very extreme because like he was super talented no, in no, one but area. It was right? kind of common. I hear what you're saying. Right, like yeah. there's not that like they were even mentioning like a Charles Oakley. Like would Charles Oakley be able to be a starting? 
power forward in today's NBA based on what you expect from the skill set of I mean, someone play who plays. Center, I suppose. Right? Yeah. So, like, you even look at guys, like, I think about, like, JV and even Brooke Lopez, right? Mm. Like, these guys have really transformed who they are versus when they came yeah. first came into the NBA. No, Brooke Lopez is one of the all-time chameleons in the league. Yeah, calling him chameleonaire because of the way <laughs> he's able to trans- transform his game. Today, All he needed to do is get you out of Raptors land. <laughs> said, you said don't talk about the Raptors, so I'm Yo, this to- is fire right now. <laughs> no, but seriously, he's he literally like you look at the progression of his career, right? Low post score. Yo, it's um, it's insane. Was, I, think, I think he might still be like Brooklyn's all-time leading scorer, or at least like yeah. top five in that range. Like he was really just doing that post-up it's, thing it's for a long Joe Johnson, time, yeah. and then yeah, and then he transformed completely into this different player where it's like pick and pop but also protecting the basket right, it's, it's also wild. really changed the way he's played defensively i think yeah. like a lot of the league's progression especially at the mm-hmm. center position can just be tracked in brooke lopez's career right but i do agree with you it's just a lot of there's just a lot of talent in the nba like there's yeah. i yeah. think there's i think the other stat that was brought up um uh, was that i think there's like an average of like two 20 point per game scores like per team right now yeah yeah like, exactly. i think there's like 60 plus players averaging 20 plus which is like ridiculous to think about. I mean, this is just, I think, the natural way that the, the game has gone, right? I think definitely the league has wanted more offense um, involved in, in the game. Yeah, it's not like the old days, man. Once they remove the hand checking, you know, yeah, yeah. I and mean, all the physical. Just watch some of the rules, you know, like the, you know, the, the help defense rules are like completely different. Yeah. You know, like, honestly, the help defense rules didn't even make sense to me the way they were called in the 90s. Because, like, stuff like, oh, you know, if you're posting up below the free throw line and a, a, the defender comes over, that's an automatic tech. And I'm like, what? <laughs> the techs are funny. Why is, so why, funny. Why is that but a that, tech? But that's how you have, you like, know? Charles Barkley just pounding the ball for, like, 20 seconds yeah. posting up. Well, you had, like, Mark Jackson as a post-up point guard, which is, oh, is yeah. rare. By the way, I confirmed that Brooke Lopez is the all-time leading scorer for the Brooklyn Nets franchise. Do you have, like, the rest of the list? Or no? uh, so he has scored 10,444 points for that team. Yeah. Which is not that many for no. a franchise lead. Who's Who else is on that list? You will never guess who's second place. Not is. Joe Johnson? Brooke Lopez has four more points on this guy. Is, was it the same era as Brooke Lopez? Uh, no. I, I don't know this guy at all. Derek Coleman? Kenny Anderson? Buck Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Buck yeah. Williams was a he was a problem back in the eighties, I believe. Okay. No, it was a big part of the Blazers championship teams. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, talk about twenty twenty three. But yeah, it's I think there's a bunch of factors with the scoring. It's just like, I don't know. Is it is it that exciting if everybody's dropping forty? <laughs> no, it does make it less you know exciting I mean, for, for to some degree. I I hear you. Like why why wasn't there a bigger reaction when Donovan Mitchell had like what, seventy one? Yeah, but I mean this is what happens. Like I remember when I was but back when I was doing news aggregation at the score, which, oh, yeah, you know, war was, room days. It was literally the war room days. We had <laughs> yeah. one of these rules where it was like um, we would write up a story each time a player hit a triple double, and then mm. we would send an alert to that team, right? Because right. that used to be really special. And then we broke that rule the year that Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double for oh, the season because okay. it was like we can't just be firing OKC fans a text every single time <laughs> that he has a triple double, which is every single time he plays, right? So like mm. this is a natural progression of the game, I think to some degree. And again, I think the talent is at a really really high level. Yeah. There were lots of, like, you look at the Raptors franchise, for example. Like, lots uh, of the years, our leading score or our go-to option was, like, sophomore DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. or, like, Andrea Bargnani mm-hmm. or, like, you know, um, there were some years where, like, Mike James was our leading scorer. You know what I mean? Like, th- that level of, like, even the worst teams of the league have scores that are way above those talent levels, right? You look yeah. at even Houston, for example. Jalen Green's way more talented of a score, mm-hmm. even right now in his second year, than any of those guys are just listed. Yeah. Oh, so it's It's true. All right. Let's get to some of these All right. questions. Uh, the first one that I have for you is, uh, which team are you more concerned about in the West, the Clippers or the Warriors? So the Clippers are 
23 and 24, mm-hmm. eighth in the West. Kawhi and Paul George have played 35% of the games together since joining the Clippers. That's like us doing 35% of our pods together since we started the show here. <laughs> well, I was going to call them the direct deposit boys. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good, honestly. I like that. Um, and meanwhile, the Warriors are 22 and 22. Yep. And I think everybody's aware of their home road splits where they're 17 and 5 at home and 5 and 17 on the road, mm. getting Steph back from, from injury, which if you're looking at because both teams coming into the season, Warriors clearly defending champs. Clippers are talked about as a favorite every year if they're healthy. And they've not performed expectations, and they're trying to get out of the play-in right now. Which team are you more concerned about at this point? I'm definitely, I'm not actually that concerned about either team, mm. but I, I am more concerned about the Clippers only because, at the end of the day, you knew know that the Warriors had this like incredible continuity, better than anyone else in the entire NBA, and that um, they just need to continue to find guys to sort of contribute towards that. Like, the core is really, really solid, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that. And it's, like, literally championship proven as of last year. But you need to continue to find more, you know, uh, pieces around that, right? I don't think they really replaced, like, a Gary Payton, right? I don't even think they really replaced a guy like Otto Porter. <laughs> I knew it was You know what I mean? Up. So yeah. I think they're finding some answers there. Um, I think, you know, Dante DiVincenzo certainly had a great game when he played the Raptors. But I think, you know, he's, he's sort of more hit and miss. Um, but you know, even guys like Anthony, Anthony Lamb and Lamb. like Ty Jerome, like they've sure. contributed, but I think also a lot of these guys aren't even like veterans who have really proven themselves. So I think the trade deadline is going to be a little easier for the, uh, the Warriors to sort of find a couple more death pieces or even buy out guys like that. The, that's naturally where you would go for some of these teams. Mm. Um, whereas with the Clippers, I don't really see it as like a roster problem or an like acquisition problem. They just have, you know, a continuity issue. They have no real identity at all. They just kind of expect that, like, if you put Kawhi and PG out there, that they're going to dominate. But they run into the same issues sometimes. You know, they've been talking about finding a point guard for three years. They've been talking about finding a center for three years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you would think Bobby and Masai ran that team. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. Well, at least we have point guards. Yeah. Well, Kawhi's been playing well lately when he's been playing. <laughs> I, I, I know you got the eye test on Kawhi because the time he came to Toronto, he mailed it in. Oh, my God. That was really funny. That was an all-time performance, man. Yeah. He just showed up to work. Yeah. Like, he really just showed up. He he really proved... I think Blake said this, right? Like, this is how you low-manage while you're playing. Well, there were multiple times, and we were watching this in the in the booth, and it's one of the rare games where you were more excited in the booth than me, <laughs> was Kawhi would, like, steal the ball, be on the fast break, and then just slow down. <laughs> yeah. He was, He's like, I'm moving too fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was that Jackie Chan rush hour meme. No, he... um. And he would just pitch the ball to Luke Kennard and just go stand in the corner. <laughs> He'd be like, yo, you got this, Luke. You got this, Lukey. <laughs> so respect, respects to, um, yeah. respects to Kawhi. Yeah, I, I think the continuity thing is, is a big thing. And I guess, you know, not to bring it back to the Raptors again, you know, when they luckily won their championship okay. in, right. in 2019, like yeah. they, they had to navigate this challenge too, right? And sure, but for, I mean, for them it was to less degree, to man, it wasn't two no, like guys this, at the same time. This is really extreme. And they had leaderships yeah. like structures in place already. And I know, like, yeah. whatever that season was tumultuous for a number of reasons, but they also had like incredible talent. Yeah. This is where I definitely disagree with Norm about like what the talent level was. All oh, right, so so Norm did recently say that this Clippers team is deeper yeah. than than the 2019 team. And I mean, if you line mm-hmm. the two teams up in a draft, right? And who you pick? I, I would obviously d- like. Kawhi's just going to automatically go to both yes. teams. Um, you might even take Paul George ahead of anybody that the Raptors had in 2019. Mm-hmm. I would give you that. But who are the next, like, three or four guys, right? Right. I would take Kyle over almost all of those guys. 
I would take Pascal over anyone else on their supporting roster. Mm-hmm. I'd take Mark over anyone on the supporting roster. Yeah, and even if deeper so, just means there's more guys who could play in the rotation. Like, I don't even yeah. think it necessarily means that they're better. Like, they're I guess Norm is better. automatically drafted to both teams as well. Yeah. And Jeremy Castleberry, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Show us a cast. Um, yeah, he's part of the direct deposit boys too, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you though. The, yeah, I think the Warriors are going to get into the top six. Make a run. We've been saying this all season though. Like why haven't they, you know? Yeah. They've just been, I actually don't have an answer for why they're so bad on the road. Their defense just doesn't show up so many times. It's, it's, it's hard to watch. Is it one of those like championship hangover things where they know they can just maybe turn it on, but they should, they should show a bit more urgency. Cause like, like, that's the general impression I have with watching so many teams in the league. Like the Raptors are a classic case of that as well. Like some nights they just don't show up on defense. Right. You know what I mean? I think some nights I mean most (laughs) nights. Front of the program, Oren Weisfeld did present a theory that it's just like this generation doesn't want to work that hard. What do you mean this generation, bro? He's <laughs> part of this generation. Oren, I'm calling you out. I know you listen every day. Oren, you're like 25 years old, man. Relax. So that's one working theory. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, I don't know. If the Warriors want to make a move at the deadline, they should just move on from James Wiseman, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Thoughts? him all this year. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. I mean, he already speaks Chinese, so. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, no, that's true, though. Uh, next up, uh, who goes uh, deeper in, in the playoffs this year, Brooklyn or Philly? Mm. I mean, I don't see either of them going to conference finals, do you? Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I feel like what? I've downgraded Milwaukee a little bit. I hear and you. maybe that's I because of the injury. Like, obviously, I know Giannis been like, Chris Middleton's been out. But I don't look at Milwaukee. I think coming into the season, I was like, oh, Boston and Milwaukee are in their own class. And now yeah. I feel like Boston's in their own class. In the East, sure, where I feel sure, like if yeah, sure, maybe. Brooklyn is healthy or even if Philadelphia is healthy, like getting into a series with Milwaukee, like I feel like that could be a toss up. Well, Chris Middleton is definitely like, you know, we just got to see him on the court consistently playing well built mm-hmm. into their system. Because if he's not there, like I like Brooklyn and Philly well, I mean, better, yeah. I think. Even if he's not there, though, I don't know. I just wouldn't bet on Giannis. And I think Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez are clearly at a very high level. No, that's fair. Especially when they play the Raptors. Sorry. I've got, I don't know how many shots I've taken at the Raptors at this point. It's but um, no, I think with either Brooklyn or Philadelphia, I think they're both like pretty flawed teams. Mm-hmm. Um, with Brooklyn, I just don't trust how this would sort of translate into the playoffs when you're sort of scheming against the same team over and over again. There's two guys that you can hack a shack mm-hmm. with Claxton and Ben Simmons. Yeah. Uh, you probably need both of them on the floor to defend a lot of these other teams. Um, but at the same time, you know, offensively, that sort of really puts you in a huge bind, not just with the hack and shack stuff, but because Ben Simmons won't score or look at the rim at all outside of transition. Um, and so it puts a bigger emphasis on KD and Kyrie, who can kind of carry you. But honestly, this is a team where you could probably double both those guys. Um, Philadelphia, I just fundamentally don't trust. I've seen them a lot, obviously, in the playoffs. The Raptors, mm-hmm. obviously, have played them twice. Um they're, they playing, just, they're playing well right now. Though. Yeah, they're playing well right now. That's fine. But, I mean, I, I, do I trust James Harden in a, in a key playoff moment? I, I still don't. I understand the overall playoff numbers for James no, look you. fine. But, I mean, come on. Um, and then even with Joel, like, I think probably physically if he can stay healthy for the duration of the playoffs, it would mm-hmm. really help. But at the same time, I think that, um, yeah, I, st- I still doubt a couple more of their pieces. Um, but, you know, they've added depth. I think between the two of them, I probably like Philadelphia slightly out of Brooklyn. Hmm. Um, yeah, I got to go with my guy KD, man. I don't know. I know they're struggling yeah, a lot right now because of injuries, you. but I think they got a better team around Durant this season, and they've obviously turned it around with Shock Vaughn, and I think the talent is there. I'd be interested to see if there's like a move that they can make at the deadline, but I don't know. 
I don't know who's out there that you're going to add to that team to help. Brooklyn? I guess like a, yeah, like a defensive, like a defensive big. I mean, Nick Claxton's been no, playing Claxton's really been well, amazing, right? He's, like, been, he's been playing been really, really well. well. Yeah. I think uh, the Ben Simmons thing is a big, is a big issue. I mean, I think like, like with Milwaukee, I suppose with, with Chris Middleton, who has also really, really struggled. But like, I think it's just about rehabbing these players and getting their confidence and their, and their physique better to the point where they're able to contribute come time for the playoffs. Like in, in the regular season, they don't have to worry too much. They have enough like supporting pieces, both, you know, uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee to make sure that they're at the top of the conference mm-hmm. and get to the playoffs without a question. But it's about getting these guys rehabbed and ready at that point. Right. You know, and I don't I don't know what that kind of point looks like for Ben Simmons, to be honest. Yeah. James Harden did say recently told uh, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN that this team is the best chance that he's had to win. Is he that, said he said not, we have some really good teams in OKC. How is this true? And that 18 team in Houston. I think that Houston team was his best chance. What do you mean? What about Chris when they Paul literally went to the finals with KD? Yeah. And, 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 and Westbrook and, and, and Ibaka. And Kendrick Perkins. Well, yeah. yeah. Tabo Cephalosha, Derek Fisher, you know what I mean? Yo, D Fish and OKC was wild. Yeah. No, that Houston team that was up 3 2 on yeah. the Warriors. Yeah. That's the one team I'll give Daryl Morey credit for. No, that's fair. And then the next year they lost to the Warriors and he requested the but league to is, have is Ernst a Young is, audit the Remember he requested an audit oh, yeah. of the referees? He said, I no, think that's Jim, the only no. time you respect Daryl Morey literally said their names are. That's actually amazing. <laughs> Good for him, man. But, um, the, this is not the best no, team. No, this that is not James the best Harden. team, though. That's my point. He was also on a better team in Brooklyn, to be honest, when they were healthy. Come yeah. on. Remember when? Remember when he was injured and Steve Nash was like, "Yo, go out there and play forty-five minutes," and he literally couldn't do anything. Oh, in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was on one leg, yeah, it looked like it was like a video game glitch. Yo, it was um, honestly that. But he had some crazy stylines, man. Well, he was no, like, no. He was like nineteen. They won an overtime game, and then Steve Nash hugged Kevin Durant, which yeah, is yeah. like the legacy of Steve Nash as a coach. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's, it hurts to say because I really do like Steve Nash. No, Harden is really funny, man. We had we have this clip too. John Wall uh, was on a podcast this weekend. He talked about when he got traded to Houston mm. a few years ago. This was his first interaction with James Harden. When you got traded to the Rockets, talk about the Rockets' experience. Trash. I don't know. I know. Beyond trash. Like, because uh, I'm going there thinking James going to be there, you know what I mean? Once yeah. I get traded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he already wants out. When I landed... I'm like, what up, woo? I'm about to land. I'm about to go do my conference. He's like, well, I'm on my way to Atlanta for Lil Bay's birthday. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so. He's talking about, you want to give him jet? <laughs> I just got traded here. <laughs> I can't up. I got to be on good terms. Like, I don't know how the yeah. owner is, the GM is. I don't know nothing. Yeah, like, right. it's new. This ain't like I'm in DC. Am I in DC? I'm like, hell yeah, we out. Right. It's my show. Yeah. This ain't my show over here. Yeah, so he landed in Houston. And this is when Harden already, I think, requested a trade. Yeah. And NBA players are hilarious. Harden went to party. Har- <laughs> NBA Har- players are hilarious. Harden also went to party, like, uh, I think during the whole training camp, during the trade requests. And this was like in the middle of the pandemic, too, like during the shutdown. Here's my question. Opening. Is partying that fun? Like, I mean, is, for, is, is doing your job, earning a good I feel like for NBA players, of, taking care of your family I think for NBA fun? players, the lifestyle might be nice, you know? I, I don't know if partying is that yeah. fun. But Maybe ca- it's just because I'm like an introvert, but like, I can't imagine three straight days of partying. One yeah. day and then like the rest of the week off sounds good to me. But there's also stories where they would like, um, like Houston would like stay in LA longer and stuff. Yeah, I mean, not lots just, of just hard and stuff. But like, no, like just for James though, like. But you know, he was <laughs> he was worth making those concessions for. And the I'm rest like, of the team is like, can we go home to our families? <laughs> and they're like, no, no, James, <laughs> no, but James wants to stay. <laughs> no, uh-huh. but like, kind of respect Harden in a way where like he was living this lifestyle and putting up. 
like ridiculous numbers. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean for sure. I mean he's 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 falling off now. What do you think of the the rumors that 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 James Harden may potentially want to go back to Houston? Oh yeah, so this this was like right before they played the Knicks on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the report comes out in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which from was Woj. so weird. From Woj. Like not from nobody. From the Woj. timing was just so strange because I thought I thought the Sixers were playing pretty well at the time. Like, yeah, they won Christmas. that night as well. He and had now it's like game. oh, going into free agency, he might. Consider going back to Hughes. I I honestly didn't take it that seriously. I I feel like this is what one of the, he, the more what? naked attempts to like um, create leverage. Yeah, like he's because it's like because Philadelphia he's been chasing for the last like what two three years. Why would he go to Houston? Well, I think I think Philadelphia like, there and Gordon. <laughs> they, they have Gordon's bird rights. He's like I miss him, man. Um, no, Eric Gordon's really just trapped in Houston like a prisoner. Um, but for real though, like I think when you. <laughs> thought about the offseason and Philadelphia had a chance to really sign James to a big contract. Obviously, he wasn't coming off a great playoff performance, um, but they chose not to, right? And there was mm-hmm. a whole talk about, oh, he took that one-year deal and he he, lay, he left enough money and he was unselfish so they can tamper for P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. Um, <laughs> unbelievable, man. They lost two they, picks, right? They literally fixed the housing market. <laughs> <laughs> they lost two picks for that. Um, but, Which... yeah, I mean, and then, He's but, not. But, I, I don't. Think but I mean, I, I I do wonder if they will eventually, you know, pay James that last big deal, and so he probably does need to create that leverage because where else could he really get it? You know what I mean? I'm not to say that he's not a high quality player still, but like, yeah, that kind of like longer term max. I feel like Houston will definitely give it to him, but you know, I think it, I think like you mentioned too, though, like it really depends what he's going to do in the playoffs. Like if he has a really good playoff run. Yeah. Then I think the Sixers just pay up. The Sixers kind of already like they're all in with this this squad. What are you well, going to say to Joel, like Joel and be like, sorry, uh, you know, we just got to move off of James. But in the meantime, here yeah, you go. like no. I, I think this is their last iteration really of building around Embiid. I could still fire Doc Rivers and keep it going one more year. Yeah, Doc. Rivers, they haven't they haven't had to use that chip yet. Doc really survived the gauntlet, man. He was under pressure at the start of the season too, and they got off to a slow start. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then remember Tyrese Maxey. Came in. Oh my god. This this whole Raptor season has just been one long torment. Yeah. Anyways, let's get to a few more of these. All right. Um, do you think uh uh Nikola Jokic is uh is should anyone else besides Nikola Jokic win the MVP right now? Like are you considering I don't anyone see him else? As, like the runaway favorite favorite? No. And this is okay. you know, I, I watched the game last night. He was awesome down the stretch as he always is. Um Jamal Murray also stepped up and hit some big shots, which he also has that reputation for. It's weird. Like Jamal will have just like a, a terrible game. Oh, and they just aware. come up super clutch. <laughs> you know aware. what I mean? Like, I don't know. That guy's confidence is amazing. But um, obviously, yeah, Jokic is leading that team. And, you know, they're at top of the Western Conference. They have, I don't, there's always something about Denver where I'm well suspicious. They're 21 and three at home. It always makes us feel like, how much is like Denver's oh, win totals like somewhat inflated? You know what I mean? Like, what percentage yeah. of that is inflated? But regardless, obviously, he's playing really fantastic basketball, mm. arguably even better than last year. But, I mean, I think there's lots of great candidates across the league, you know. I think for me, probably, especially watching the Nets these days, just, like, struggle to get anything going without mm-hmm. KD. I'm like, damn, KD was really carrying this whole thing. So, I think KD still is, for me at least, just just feeling, yeah, in terms of his importance to the team, KD's pretty huge. Um, Ta- I think Jason Tatum, well. Jason Tatum's having a really good season, and the Celtics are, are you know, just like the yeah. Nuggets, you know, the number one seed. No, so you have the top five betting favorites here. Luka Doncic is in there. Yeah. Uh, Jason, Jason Tatum. Yeah, All Tatum. Right. Yeah, old uh, uh, banter pod deep reference. Well, we can't. By the way, we 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 got a great banter pod loading for for January. When Alex returns from his trip, we will 
It'll yeah. be the only good positive Raptors content you'll hear. Oh, okay. um, Giannis Adenokounmpo and then uh, Joel, Joel Embiid. Embiid as like, well, yeah, yeah all, all those guys have great cases. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, then, and, and that doesn't even include KD. Yeah, and Jokic. So Jokic has a uh, he's got ten plus triple doubles already this season, and I think mm-hmm. right now he's got back to back thirty point triple doubles. Yeah. Uh, he's got six on the season. Last year he had four. He's his six. Um, he's got six seasons with ten plus triple doubles. Will Chamberlain has two. No, I just see him show up in graphics being compared to Wilt a lot. Yeah, you know, I, like, I hear that. It, it feels it's, like it's like a historic. It's really a historic season, a historic run. No, whenever I watch um, Denver, which is actually fairly often, they're they're mm-hmm. always on like the late night game, like after I'm like sick of watching the Raptors, yeah. and then I switch. By the way, shouts to Aaron Gordon too, man. Sure, He's yeah, yeah, great this season. That's that's what OG Anobi's future is going to be, but um, <laughs> but like yeah, like that's that's for me like watching um, those Denver Nuggets games like. No mm. one has a player that can match up with Jokic. Like, every single game, I'm like, oh, Jokic mm. has the advantage. You know what I mean? And, of course, he's, he's, he's able to throw all those extra passes and it's beautiful basketball. It's very yeah. creative. It, even watching their crunch time offense, like, yes, obviously, the ball's probably going to flow through Jokic. But, you know, Jamal Murray's also a threat. You know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll have just, like, random guys start to, you know, contribute. Aaron Gordon, obviously, will be a threat sometimes off a cut. He, I think he had the game-sealing dunk yesterday where Jokic drove the lane and then shuffled that off to, to Aaron Gordon. KCP will randomly hit a wing three here or there. Bruce Brown will randomly hit a wing three. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, all sorts of guys are bringing off the bench. You know, sometimes yeah, like, I Bones guess they don't really Highland. close with Bones mm-hmm. that much because he's a defensive liability. But at the same time, you know, he can be really dangerous. It's really hard to guard a team like that. He really mm-hmm. unifies them and he really amplifies them to be better than what they actually are on paper. So, yeah, and I think the the reason for that is because he creates the ultimate mismatch. Like, I, I don't well, who's the who's the best player in the league at guarding Jokic. I don't even know, man, because his skill set, his skill set is crazy. Like, if the Raptors play Denver, mm-hmm. I mean, we'd probably throw OG at him because that's traditionally who we've used. Yeah. But that's not a that's not a win for the Raptors. You know what I mean? That's not even like a we can guard him in single coverage. Every single team has to double him, and it makes it so easy. Plus, he's also able to just bully his way to the rim so often. No, he's such so, a unique player. Yeah, he's man. he's excellent. I mean, if he if he won MVP again, I, I wouldn't. I don't care, honestly. Well, I, think, I, I just think it's super cool that because usually once you win. Even once you win one MVP, you know, let alone like back to back, like sure, you kind yeah. of out of consideration just because people just move on. Yeah, yeah, no, and you that. want to pick different narratives. Like, and like LeBron, that happened with LeBron. LeBron yeah. really should have won like six straight MVPs. You listen, I want to shout out LeBron too, man. Like, obviously, I don't think he's gonna. He's he he might make like the top five in voting if the Lakers make a push. Like, he's not gonna win, but LeBron's having a ridiculous season, man. Yeah, I'm not, like last, I'm not putting LeBron in MVP. No, but there. like even like last 16 games about like 34, eight and seven to do it at this age is like pretty crazy. Yeah. I know they're not a good team, but yeah, but yeah, Jokic would be the only the only other three peat winners are Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and and Larry Bird. That doesn't matter as much to me, you know. Like I, I don't because <laughs> they all played in black and white. No, I mean no, some of no, them but, did, but like I think it's pretty remarkable to be honest. No, it's remarkable, it's but like, it's not like that shouldn't be a reason to not give it to the best. No, player, but no, right? but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. like like I, I don't think so, and I think it's it's cool that there hasn't been that backlash because I think he's just played that well. Like yeah. he's playing at that. Also, level. I think LeBron really should have won like at least five straight. Well, well, yeah, well, like from Shaq, 2009, Shaq, 2010, 2011, yeah. he lost it because he went to Miami. But I don't think Dwayne Wade was a better, or I don't think uh, Derrick Rose is a better player. Oh, yeah, he was punished. He was, also, was he, he also third behind Dwight Howard as well? Like, what are we doing? He that was year? punished for being a villain. He was punished for exercising free agency. And then he wanted the next two years. He really yeah. should have got MVP all five of those years. This is like, this the is one always before that with Kobe and the one after that with KD are fine. With those me. are fine. But five straight for LeBron, for sure. Shaq only won one in his career. Yeah. Like Shaq was the most dominant player. I mean, it's like it's how many years? Weird because they're obviously very different players, but I think it's probably the same deal. Like you know, 
nobody on the any team had a singular matchup for Shaq. And so it mm-hmm. was so much easier for him to just impose his will on the game. Um, and I think for Jokic, it's kind of the same deal. So Yeah. Um, what else, man? Who was the best offseason signing? I guess it wasn't like you a know, crazy offseason. Eh? I'm, I'm happy you put this on because yeah. the offseason was really dry. Because I was thinking about, okay, so... If you if you broke it down into trades and signings, there were mm. some pretty good trades. Obviously, right? Donovan Mitchell trade was the best trade in the offseason. Yes, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, I would say, well, maybe the Rudy Gobert one, but we'll talk about that. The not trading KD trade was probably the second best trade of the offseason. Yep. Um, you know, I think there are other minor ones. I, even like the on the other end of the 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 the, the Mitchell trade, getting a guy like Marketing back. Who has hmm. like jumped into like all star consideration, like all star starter consideration, man? Yeah, Maybe. sure. Like, good. I don't think he's gonna get voted in. No, no, I know, but I mean, he's like, he's played really, really well, right? And so you can even argue that that's a really, really great win win trade as of right now. Mm-hmm. But even the minor trades are, you know, around the edges, like trading for a Kevin Herter or like trading for a Royce O'Neal. Like these were really good pieces that are mm-hmm. really contributing to some top teams in the in the conference. Um, but yeah, in terms of signings, obviously Jalen Brunson going to the Knicks was a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's helped bring the Knicks back to respectability. I think obviously it's a huge area of concern for them. Um, but like, who was the second best signing of the offseason? Like, it, I really struggled to look at this. Yeah, DeAnthony Melton was a trade, right? <laughs> was it a trade? Yeah, yeah that's a Danny Green trade, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I think Brunson's the only one I can think of. Yeah. If you think about like a signing. No, I even pulled oh, up like the top signings, like free agent signings was in the offseason. I mean, you know, was, Otto Porter was oh, in the top 20. Was Mason Plumley a free agent? No. Okay. No. Yeah. It's been there a while, man. What are you talking about? Um, but, yeah. I get confused. Um, yeah, I don't know. The yeah, best, Brunson's probably the only Brun- one. It's Brunson, but I don't know who the top three would be, you know? Like, it's it's a real struggle after that. Yeah, I guess related too is the, is the Rudy Gobert trade the worst trade of the last five years? Last 10 years? Um,. So just to recap, okay, what's the consideration? Yeah. So, but let's just to recap: the Jazz got Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, which they flipped into Taylor Horton Tucker, mm. uh, Leandro Balmero, uh, Walker Kessler, who's been really good for them. Yep. Jared Vanderbilt, and then 2023, 2025, 2027 first round picks and the right to swap in oh, don't 2026 and 2020. Oh yeah, and 2029. That's not even a swap. That's There's just an outright pick. Yeah. First grader waiting. Oh man. Yeah. And Gobert is uh under contract for three more years. We'll be making forty six million dollars in, in twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty bad. This this is definitely among the worst. I mean, it depends on where you stand on um the Lakers trading for for Westbrook or um the Rockets training for yeah, Westbrook? But, okay. I think Westbrook was kind of involved in two pretty horrible ones. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, first one, they Rockets had to give up picks too, right? Yes. They yeah. moved picks and Chris Paul yeah. to get Westbrook back. Which ended at a, a title contender at that time. Right. But now I that feel, title contender might have been over at that point sure. anyway. The thing is, the next time when the Lakers traded for Westbrook, that also ended another title contender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think those so, are as bad no, no, because no. It, like Houston was able to get picks back. And we'll see what Minnesota does. And the Lakers, as bad as the Westbrook trade was, yeah, I guess that one is pretty bad. I was going to say they're off. Like, Westbrook is off the books after this season. Yeah. But it's still, it's still hampered them because they traded away so much depth. No, but it also traded away for them, like, find a flexibility pieces, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you had, instead of, like, Westbrook, you had Kyle Kuzma, who's, who's, who's really blossomed yeah. this year. Um, 
KCP you know, if, if as you well. K- right? KCP, if you kept yeah. Caruso, I think you were able to like sign those guys in the bigger deals, go yeah. over the cap, and then you have much more financial flexibility. One of the issues with the Lakers is that like their contract structure is so bad. And mm-hmm. it's been this way for a couple of years, especially since the Westbrook trade, where they have three guys making the max, 40 million plus. And then they have like one or maybe two guys at most making like mid-tier salaries. Everyone else makes the minimum. So this <laughs> yeah. makes it almost impossible for you to make a trade. Yeah, I almost think the Westbrook trade like ended the like the era of the big threes. Cause like, yeah, like, yeah. like they just took a shot at it and they were like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get our third star yeah. next to AD and Braun, and it just blew up in their face. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. Because that, that was the team building strategy for a long time. Yeah, Let's that, just that was LeBron's stars, strategy, no matter like, what. Yeah. In Miami, right to start. Well, I, I, I guess I mean, Boston it was, before it, it was. It was that in in Cleveland as well. Yeah, obviously Boston did it. Yeah. Um, well, but, I mean, Golden State had like four four stars. If what you about, count what, Draymond, what about yeah. the Cavs having four stars? <laughs> <laughs> Not the same, man. What about Not the same? That's one about, star in three moons. What about the Raps? Um, we have one star. Yeah, the the only other one I and guess some would, asteroids. the only other one would be the the infamous uh, the Bobby Marks uh, trade that he was involved in, the the, uh, Kev, yeah. the the Kevin Garnett Paul Pierce when the Celtics got got a bunch of picks back too, and two of those picks turned into Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, mm. like that set them back, like that set them back until they signed KD and Kyrie. That's pretty bad, essentially, right? That's so I don't bad. know, like Minnesota. Well, I guess we'll talk about them a little bit because they're playing the Raptors in the in the second half of the show, but. You know, they're struggling right now, 22 and 24, and, you know. Why am I seeing Cole Aldrich, Daquan Cook, and Lazar Hayward in, in the rundown right Where now? is this? Oh, this is the other James Harden trade that we didn't even mention was when Sam Presti traded Harden right after they made the finals uh-huh. in OKC. I thought that was a pretty bad move, too. Yeah. Like, I think that was a bad move, not in terms of, like, you know, like, OKC obviously got a lot of assets back, but, like, they punted on a chance to have a big three with... Harden, Westbrook, and Katie. They punted that too early. Yeah, they unnecessarily did that. I, right. I also think that... Um, Man, Harden's been if, involved in like three like historic trades. By the way, if the Clippers don't end up doing anything with this with this run, which seems like they probably won't. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that too, right? It's it's in consideration. Like, the, the obviously, at that time, it made perfect sense, right? It made perfect sense because you were getting PG, which meant you are also getting Kawhi to agree. Yes, and that's how they always look at the trade, right? Like, right, we, but we if got they ultimately both. don't do anything with that and then they're stuck without draft picks for like a decade and they they lost Shea. Like yeah. that could retroactively look pretty bad. Obviously in the moment, you got to judge things in the moment. In the moment it was a, it was a fine deal, I suppose. Yeah. Um yeah. all right, before we take the break, yep. what was one um do you have one like preseason prediction that you were extremely wrong about? Uh the Toronto Raptors? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all were. No. Chelsea uh, preseason prediction I was extremely wrong about. Um I mean, maybe even just like at the start of the season when Brooklyn looked so bad. Like I was basically ready oh, to pull yeah, the whole yeah. thing up. I was here know? being like, yeah, there's there's I, no I think point I was here in saying like relegate the franchise. They're despicable. Oh, okay. Um, so I think for them to turn it around and to <laughs> even briefly. I was secretly trying to drive down KD's trade value. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I know you're down bad. I know you're down bad. <laughs> I'm still down bad. No, nah, man. Why didn't Honestly, anyone want KD? Honestly, the KD trade is, uh, should be on this list for, for one of the <laughs> worst moves in the offseason. Oh, that man. goes for across the league, I suppose. But I mean, okay, you know, I I, I guess Phoenix Suns. I I I thought oh, okay. obviously they were going to drop off from last year. Yeah. But but to see them drop off this significantly, where they're like below five hundred, and you know Chris Paul just doesn't look like anything like himself anymore. Yeah, Chris Paul's and obviously Booker being injured is a huge factor in this. But to see them fall off, oh, they they won like sixty games last year, didn't they? Oh yeah, they won sixty four. 
Yeah, so they right now they're 64. at 21 and 24. They're like out of that, the play-in right now. Yeah, that's that's probably the biggest surprise. And they've lost me. nine of their last ten. Yeah, that I think I said the Clippers were going to the best. Was going to be the best team in the West. Everyone did though. Yeah, I, everyone I picked did. them to win the title. Yeah, I picked the Raptors to win 50 plus. You said 56. Did I say 56? Is yeah. 56 even mathematically still possible for the tournament? Uh, they'd have to lose one game the rest of the way. Mm. They'd have to go 36 and one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're, you're actually right. They're Yo, 20 or 25. I might be drawing dead <laughs> oh by the weekend. Oh, my goodness, man. Nah, this is legit. Damn. Uh, anyways, yeah. let's take a break. We'll talk about other things after. Yeah, I hope everyone is joining NBA Talk and occasional Raptor slander. So, uh, I've been your host, Will Lute. That's Alex Vaughn. You're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge discussing the biggest stories that matter to toronto sports fans the fan morning show with alish forfar and justin cuthbert subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts welcome back to the raptor show on the sports radio network i'm your host Wim Lou. continue to join our producer and co-host alex wong so we talked a lot of nba topics in the top half let's get back to the raptors um, I think 10 minutes of Raptors talk is appropriate. Yeah, so the third and final fan voting for the NBA All-Star game came out today. Pascal Siakam is in sixth place, so I don't think Still. he's moved that much. Yeah, he hasn't moved, sixth right? among the Eastern Conference front uh, Amongst players. the Eastern Conference front court, right now Giannis, uh, Kevin Durant, and Jason Tatum are the top three, followed by Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler. And Pascal's literally millions of votes away from getting into that, so... I guess he'll be selected uh, for the bench. You think there's any chance he doesn't make the All-Star game? I don't think so. Okay. But you did mention yesterday he's been slowing down a little bit. It's not that. I mean, it's it's really just like the team. The team continues to really lose, which really does hurt. I don't think historically there's that many players who are on from 11 seeds like make the All Star game. I mean, to be clear, nah, I mean, he absolutely needs to make the All Star game. He's been that yeah, good. He'll be there. He'll um, be there. But it's really a question of like you know. Do the Knicks get one all-star? Do they get two all-stars? I mean, getting two all-stars from the Knicks would be just Brunson outrageous. Brunson and Randall? Yeah. <laughs> no, man. I don't see Randall's Randall going to jump to the peak of his jump shot and then make a pass. <laughs> Yo, he's really By the way, if you have time, look up the game when the Knicks were here. I yeah. think during the homestand. No, just watch the whole game. No, what, no, no, no. Randall watch the final possession. Pull up league pass. Watch the final, okay, final yeah, possession with five seconds left. When Randall just randomly threw the ball to Jalen Brunson and just hit him in the face. Like, at the buzzer. For no reason. Of like yeah. a... Like, the, the game was already done. Um, Anyways, no, I don't like, think the Knicks are sending two. Okay, but are the Cavs getting two? You know what I mean? Like, is Milwaukee going to get two? Because that can really sort of... It depends. Some coaches are like that, you know? Like, they're going to vote two guys to the top couple teams, and sure. then they'll pick from the rest. If they do that, there's a there's a slight chance Pascal doesn't make it, but I, I think Pascal will make it. I think Pascal will be there. Yeah. I think... I, I'd be pretty upset if Pascal didn't make it. I think he's, yeah, yeah. he's more than... No, listen, at minimum, because this season is not on him at all. Like, if there's one person who has no mm. stink on him at all, it's Pascal. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Also, like, coaches, the way you guys be double teaming Pascal, if you don't, if you're going to double team him like that and you don't vote him to the All Star game, you guys are just haters, man. Like, there's no way. Like, no, that's fair. Yeah. 
21 days until the trade deadline. Mm. Trying to find a tidbit every day for you. Okay. Today, What's the latest? Uh, Doug Smith of the Toronto Star All right. said, quote, it would take at least two promising players on team-friendly deals and a pick to pry OG and Anobi mm. away. Um, New Orleans got that? So we... Who are the two promising players? I mean, they got lots of promising players. Dyson Daniels? Sure, that's one of them. Yeah. Um, Don't say Devontae Graham. Yeah. Uh, Is that a team-friendly? <laughs> No, that ain't we, friendly. We really to, have the smallest backcourt in the league with Devontae Graham, Fred Van Vliet, and Malachi Flynn. You know what? If they put that pick that they've got from the Lakers on the table yeah. for anybody, maybe. I mean, Because then you would assume then the Raptors have two lottery picks, right? By the way, like again, like here's the thing. It, it sounds like a lot, but you have to look at it from the other side. Mm. If you're the Pelicans and you can go into the playoffs and you can roll out starting five of CJ McCollum, OJ Anobi, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and, like, whoever else you really want to put yeah. in there. Like, Herb Jones, if you want to yeah. go smaller, if you want to go JV in the middle. No, you can beat anyone you can go in the list. Larry Nance, if you want yeah. to go more flexible. Like, man, mm-hmm. that's that's a tough, tough, tough team to score on and also, you know, defend against. Yeah. No, we didn't even get to that topic, but it was like, I was going to yeah. ask you, like, who in the West no, I mean, look, was, was I, a I like favorite. This is, this is the kind of deal. And I think maybe in the offseason, obviously, it's probably easier to trade anybody in the offseason mm-hmm. just because teams are much more clear in terms of what they're building for. Yeah. But at the same time, a player like OG, like, He's so plug-and-play for most rosters mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be like trading for a huge star and then having to have them acclimate midseason before you go on a run, you know? Like, yeah. the way people are trading for OG probably be like the way the Raptors traded for Marcus Gasol. Like, they, they brought him in, they knew he was going to fit a role, and then you knew that he could fit that role really quickly and reliably. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I think the other thing, too, in the Obviously, offseason... Obviously, OG's like a decade younger than when Mark came here, but... In the offseason, too... You can you have certainty on on some of these picks too, right? Like maybe sure. after the yeah. draft lottery, you see exactly where that Lakers pick that the Pelicans have, and maybe they're willing yeah. to shop it. Yeah, and, and you know you, you can talk about packages there. So fair. You know we've gone from a Donovan Mitchell like package to two promising players and a pick. So maybe I mean, it'll I, be OG for a shooting big by next week. Oh man, you know what? John Collins was looking good yesterday in that in that win for Atlanta. Yo, I want to see OG for John Collins just to no, see the discourse. Man. No, man. just for Come the on, discourse. No. No, can we make one trade just for discourse? Can, can we just uh, all pull up after the show is done? Can we all just look up John Collins kicking the hell out of it? Paper mache airplane what? during the dunk contest. That was one of the. I don't remember no, the dunk contest has been going downhill, but like man, when he this. kicked that that airplane, I, I like that biplane. My goodness, man. Yeah. Before before we get to this guy went from Amelia Earhart to Amelia Earhead. <laughs> All right, now it's time. Sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. For <laughs> mute your mic, man. Now now it's time for between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. The Toronto mm-hmm. Raptors are in Minnesota tonight. Yep. In the most disappointing team of the season bowl against the Timberwolves. Okay. Uh, injury report. Anthony Edwards is out, I believe, or questionable. Anthony Edwards is questionable. Let me give you the right? full injury report right now. Okay. This is from ESPN. Uh, Car Anthony Towns is out. Yep. Jordan McLaughlin is out. Mm. Rudy Gobert, questionable. Mm. Anthony Edwards, questionable. That was surprising me because I watched about the end of the game yesterday. I don't know what was going yes, on. He, had a, he the, had a bad game, though. Lost to the Nuggets yesterday. Austin Rivers, questionable mm. for podcasting. And then Torian Prince is day-to-day, even though I saw him in the game yesterday That's as like well. a whole eight-man roster. That's, yeah, that's seven guys who are probably okay. all in the rotation when so, healthy. So uh, maybe maybe not Rivers, but... Yeah, look at... Uh, yeah, so they're playing D'Angelo Russell tonight? I mean, um, some of these guys, are, they're, okay. you would expect them to, to be yeah. in, but this is a hard one sure. to... Sure, so to the Raptors, because of, of all this, the Raptors are minus five. They're five-point favorites on the road. Some stats for you before you, you pick. Okay. So Raptors are thirty and five in their last thirty-five meetings against the Timberwolves. 
It feels like that, yeah. It yeah, does feel like that. Although does. some of the recent ones have been pretty hard. They've had to pull off some comebacks. You know, mm. ever since, you know, Finch went over there, it's it's been a little dicey. And also the time that Anthony Edwards uh, ended Utah's life. I think that was the oh, 8 out of 9. The one yeah. miss was was that. Yeah, yeah we don't talk about that. Um, well, I mean, we, we, we don't talk about the fact that he stepped out of bounds. Wolves have lost five of their last six. <laughs> Yo, when someone has a legendary dunk, you can't be like he was out of bounds. He right? stepped out of bounds. I don't care. Wolves have lost five of their last six against the Eastern Conference. Sure, yeah. The Raptors, let's see. They're coming off their second game, allowing 130-plus points this season, <laughs> and their 10th game this season, allowing at least 120. Uh-huh. How many of those maybe, 10 have been in the last month and a half? Maybe the goodness. reason why scoring is up because uh, the Raptors' defense exists. Yeah. Um, have we thought about that? Might be a theory. What am I going to do, man? Pick the Raptors? Of course I'm going to pick the Raptors. He's picking the Raptors, minus five. Yeah. Uh, but just, this is real tricky, though. I, I would wait until closer to tip off. Like, usually an hour reports. and 30, would, yeah. maybe even 45 minutes before tip, you'll know for sure. Tip what off the is 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. Yeah. I would also look at the Raptors' uh, 6 and 14 record on the road. And they, just won, you they, make... they just won in New York, though. What about the one after that? <laughs> <laughs> we just cherry picking now? I don't know, man. I'm trying to be positive. This guy said they just won in New York. <laughs> Like they didn't throw up an egg in Milwaukee. What's going on? Um, um, yeah, so Raptors minus five yeah. is the pick. I mean, look, the Raptors should them. win. Like genuinely, they should win. Yes, but, but you have said we, this I've been many this times. All season, you're right. Raptors have the fifth worst record in the NBA since December 9th. Yeah. Only teams. No, this is the worst chart I've ever <laughs> seen in the, in the doctor. Right worse now. than them are Houston, Charlotte, Detroit, and the Phoenix Suns missing their... Missing their best player, Devin Booker. Yeah. So that was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. We'll be here to recap the game tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about how hard it is to tank? Because a lot of people... Well, I just want to look at I just want to look at like what our situation looks like if they move in that direction. So we'll look at the percentages tomorrow. And I think you have prepared like a really great part of research, which um I was very pleased to see in the rundown today. Yeah. We didn't have time to like fully get to it, but there's there's a full referee report coming tomorrow. Yeah, it's the their names are segment. That's pretty good. So cause you mentioned Evans Scott good. the other day. Yeah, give us a give and, us a tip. Their and names are. And I didn't know well, I don't know if people know you can like read their whole profiles mm-hmm. on on the website. I actually don't want to give you any tidbits. We we gotta just save it for the segment. Oh, we're rationing? Okay, all right. No, it's not even rationing. Um well, okay. Evan Scott's favorite meal is steak and asparagus. Yeah, that's that's a, and his favorite TV show is Sports Center. Certainly. That's me having ESPN as my home page on the internet. That certainly sounds like a man named Evan Scott. Anyways, we'll dive into some of this ref report. It's actually yeah. pretty interesting. Okay, that does it for us today. I'm your host Willu. You've been listening to the Raptors Show on the Sports Center Radio Network. Thanks again to producer and co-host Alex Wong. Thanks to our board producer Derek Brandale, Jennifer Olnick for helping us with the YouTube stream, and we'll be back tomorrow.